Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Real Talk with QHT. I'm your host, George Herrera. Um, so today I'm going to be going over again that uh, standard format that we went through last week, which is a question of the week, an aha of the week, um, any new listings that we just put on the market here. And um, then we'll talk a little bit about the stock market and the economy. So let's dive right in. Uh, the question of the week this week is something we got from a home buyer who messaged us through our website, queenshometeam.com. Um, they actually sent us a message. They said, I'm a first time home buyer, but my wife is already a co-signer on another property. So can we buy a house with 10% down payment or do we need to have the 20% down? Um, and this is a understandable question. You know, a lot of times people do get confused with the minimum down payment, how much they need to put down. A lot of times people think they have to put 20% down to buy a property. Um, and especially if they're first time buyers or not first time buyers, you know, this confusion can, um, can occur. So this, um, home buyer or potential home buyer, uh, was asking because he's a first-time buyer. His uh, wife is a co-signer on another property, so she would not be a first-time buyer. Can they actually put less than 20% down? The short answer is yes. So you, you could, as long as it's owner-occupied. Um, the 20% down payment, you know, it really, um, there's, there's different ways that this can be answered, right? So if you're a first-time buyer, it doesn't really um, matter whether you're a first-time buyer or a second, third-time buyer, you know, when you're buying a property. Um, the minimum down payment is typically based on whether you're going to live in the house. So if it's an owner-occupied property, um, you can put as little as 3.5% down payment. Um, the requirement in order to put 3.5%, 10%, um, 15%, you know, less than 20% down payment or even less than 25 really is when it's an owner occupied property. So that's the requirement. If let's say you were purchasing a property for investment, whether you're a first time buyer, second time buyer, third time buyer, the minimum down payment, at least here, here in New York city would most likely be 25%. So for investment, you would need to put the minimum of at least 25% down payment. Um, but if you were planning to live in the house, you could actually put less than 20%, you know, 10, 5, or 3.5%, um, whatever you choose there. So hopefully, if anyone else was wondering that, that gives you an idea. You know, when it's owner-occupied, you can put um, that the lower down payment. And then something else to keep in mind is that your ratios will come into play too. So even though you might qualify because it will be owner occupied and you qualify to put let's say 3.5 percent down when your lender runs all of your numbers um, and your debt to income ratios a lender might tell you that with three and a half percent down your ratios are over the requirement over the threshold and you wouldn't qualify so somebody might actually a lender might tell you that you need to put 10% down, you need to put 20% down in order to qualify for the loan, in order to actually meet the requirement, right? So um, that's something to keep in mind just in case. Uh, but in general, um, you do not need to be a first-time buyer in order to put less than 20% down. Um, and many times when you do need to be a first-time buyer is for a lot of programs and grants. So a lot of those first-time home buyer grants down payment assistance programs, 
government programs for help with home ownership, a lot of times those do require you to be a first time buyer and many times they require you to live in the house for a certain amount of time too. All right. So that was our question of the week this week. If you have a question, feel free to send it in queenshometeam.com slash ask QHT and then we'll we'll be sure to answer it on the podcast. All right. Second, we go to our aha of the week this week. And my big aha this week is related to challenging your assessment in New York City. Um, so if you're a homeowner, you probably received your notice of property value um, within the last 30 days because ours came in the mail too. Um, homeowners receive their notice of property value and in there, it tells you how to challenge your assessment. If you believe that it is inaccurate, you can challenge your assessment. Now, if you go to Long Island or something, there's a, a bunch of tax grievance companies that are always marketing to get your uh, taxes reduced and, and to appeal your assessment. Here in New York City, you don't see too much of that, but there is a process that you can follow in order to challenge your assessment. Um, it's not the easiest thing, but it's not overly complicated either. Uh, my big aha here was that it's a two-step process. And the aha was that you have to challenge your market value with the New York City Department of Finance. And then you have to challenge your assessed value with the NYC Tax Commission. The, uh, the, assessed, uh, the appeal for the Department of Finance is actually pretty straightforward. That one is just a link. You go to the website, um, you do the request for review, you fill out your property information, and then you have to upload comps also. So you upload the comps to, um, to support your appeal, and then, that's, and then you submit that. So that's how you challenge the um, market value through the Department of Finance. And then the second step is actually a form. So you have to actually download a form. You have to go to the New York City Tax Commission site. Um, download the forms. You have to fill them out. Also include supporting data to support your appeal, which would be comps. And then you actually have to submit that one by mail or in person. No fax or email is accepted for that one. Um, so that's where a little bit of extra legwork is required. But for, for challenging the assessed value uh, through the NYC Tax Commission, that one has to be done by mail or in person. And uh, so that was my big aha, just the overall process. And uh, we're actually doing it ourselves. I'm, I'm going through the process for our property here. Um, even though our property, I don't believe it's over-assessed, um, but I just want to go through the process to see what it's like, um, see what the, the whole process is like from A to Z, and to see if we're actually able to uh, get a reduction, right? So I'll keep you posted on a future episode to see how that goes. But we're also going through this process. Now, real quick, if you need comps, if you're planning to challenge your assessment and you need some comps, reach out to us, queenshometeam.com, and we'll be able to send you some comps for your property. And then second, something important to know, for the Department of Finance, when you're appealing your market value with Department of Finance, the deadline for class one properties, which would be one to three family homes, is March 15th. Uh, so this is actually 
right around the corner. It's very close by. So if you're listening to this and you're planning to to challenge your assessment, you have to do it right away. And if it's too late, then just know that for next year. March 15th for Class 1 properties. The deadline for Class 2 and 4 properties is April 1st. So that one gives you a little extra time. And then in terms of the NYC Tax Commission, when you appeal with them, the deadline for Class 2, 3, or 4 properties is actually uh, March 1st. And the deadline for Class 1 properties, again, 1 to 3 family homes, is March 15th for uh, the NYC Tax Commission appeal. All right, so that was my aha this week. Um, I thought it was pretty interesting. Um, somebody reached out to us, a homeowner, for help with challenging their assessment. And so I just did all the research to give them a step-by-step guide on how to do it. And um, if you want to get that guide also, feel free to reach out and, uh, and I can send that over to you. All right, so next up we go to our new listings. New listings this week, and we do actually have two new properties that just hit the market. Um, The first one is a one-bedroom condo in a high-rise building in Forest Hills. 12-floor unit, um, one-bedroom, set up like a junior four. So even though it's a one-bedroom, there is a second room um, that can be used as a home office or uh, for any other purpose. But um, it's a one-bedroom, junior four setup, condo. It's located at 11949 Union Turnpike, Unit 12A. Um, the taxes are 4578 uh, for the year, and the monthly common charges are $828. But it's a really nice unit, great location in Forest Hills. It's right at the eastern edge of Forest Hills where you connect to uh, Kew Gardens, Kew Garden Hills, and Briarwood. Um, four major thoroughfares very close by. You're close to Austin Street also with all the Austin Street commerce. Um, and you're right off of Queens Boulevard, which is great. So location is awesome. Flushing Meadows, Corona Park, you know, just a stone throw away. So um, really good apartment, really nice location, totally moving ready. If you have any um, interest or know, or if you're an agent and have some potential buyers, you can see the details of this one on our website, queenshometeam.com. All right. And then the second listing that we put on the market this week is a two-bedroom co-op at um, the Amherst in Jackson Heights. It's a second floor unit, unit 2H. The location is 3440 78th Street. So 3440 78th Street, unit 2H in Jackson Heights. This is a great location in Jackson Heights. You know, the the apartments in the 70s um, and that whole location near 37th Ave and uh, the 70s to let's say between 82nd and 76 or so it's a really nice location a lot of really cool restaurants and commerce all along 37th ave and for this one you're near northern boulevard which has been flourishing a lot in the last uh, few years a lot of new development and new businesses and restaurants popping up on northern as well so this one's a really nice one Um, you can also see the details of that one on our site queenshometeam.com. All right. Awesome. All right, guys. So uh, the last thing I wanted to talk about this week was the stock market and the economy. Any new happenings, any new news that's been um, occurring that may be relevant to 
uh, home buyers, homeowners, um, us as agents, or the real estate market in general. So the first thing I wanted to briefly talk about was the Russia-Ukraine crisis, which, as we know, Russia um, has actively invaded uh, Ukraine, and this is like the talk of the town. It's the news everywhere right now. Um, every channel you turn to is talking about it. So it's a huge deal um, globally, uh, and most likely we will see some impact or ramifications from that in our day-to-day -day lives. Right now, it looks like the main place where we'll see it will be at the gas pump with gas prices, but um, there's a lot of other uh, uh, there's a lot of other areas in our day-to-day -day life where we may see uh, impacts from this. Just something to keep in mind and something to watch out for. I know right now, you know, you know, whenever it's something related to war or anything like that, you can see that people get really uneasy. People get on edge, and it can affect people's. Um, mindset you know for for us as as real estate agents you know our 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 concern is always what are um queen's home buyers and queen's homeowners actually thinking and so um for this particular situation we know that this can affect just people's mindset and maybe hesitancy to buy or sell or make any move but overall you know nothing immediately impacting us here um, but definitely something going on globally that we have to pay attention to. Uh, the second thing I wanted to talk about was the stock market sell-off and then the um, rally that ensued afterwards. So this week we had a big sell-off. You know, the market's been going down. There's been a sell-off and stocks have been getting hammered over the last few weeks. Um, but on the day that Russia invaded Ukraine, um, the stock market was down big at the at the start of the day. And then towards that whole day, it actually ended up um, multiple percentage points higher. Um, there was a big rally that ensued that day. And I heard someone, I was actually reading on Twitter and, and uh, one of these famous investors said, when when stocks go up, on bad news on the day of some really bad news you know pay attention because uh that might be you know we don't know for sure but maybe that was a sign that the bottom of the uh has been you know has come in there's obviously going to be a lot more volatility but definitely there was a big rally um on that day and then also the following day a big rally in the stock market so hopefully that helps everyone out there with portfolios and with their uh, down payment savings accounts in case you're using uh, those funds for a down payment um, and your 401ks. Now, more so specifically related to real estate, uh, mortgage rates, they're pretty much a full point higher than they were last year. Um, this week, we came across three different buyers who all had mortgage rates over 4%. We had uh, two that were at 4.25% and another one that was, I think, at 4%. Um, so three separate buyers that we looked at their pre-approvals or just speaking to them, uh, you know, what rate did you lock in or what rate are you getting? Uh, all of them quoted over 4%. Um, and I think you'll, you'll see this if you're in the market to buy, then you probably already know this. But um, right now, 
it looks like we are a full percentage point higher in mortgage rates um, than we were um, last year. So that's definitely significant and something to keep an eye on um, because it may not be now, but at some point, if, if mortgage rates continue to rise, there is a breaking point. You know, there will be a point where um, it the, the rise in the mortgage rates uh, really um, impacts buyer demand. Um, so right now, you know, we're definitely higher and it's something to watch closely as the year progresses. Um, and lastly, also related to mortgages is um, I read an article this week that mortgage applications dropped to pre-pandemic levels. So mortgage, mortgage applications just last week, they dropped to the lowest level since December of 2019, which is right before the pandemic hit. Um, and, you know, it's not not too surprising given that prices have been rising for the last two years at double digit rates, you know, really um, out of the norm appreciation rates. So uh, mortgage applications dropped and they're down to the pre-pandemic levels um, from the end of 2019. And just in case anyone out there doesn't remember, um, when we were in the beginning of 2020, I remember January 2020 and December 2019, us talking to our team and all of us preparing for a buyer's market in 2020. We were actually in a shifting market in 2019, and it kept shifting more and more towards buyers um, as the year went on. And then in the beginning of 2020, our whole team was prepared for a market that was going to be more so in favor of buyers and then what ended up happening is that the pandemic hit and then from the that bounce back that we had um, we had the big rally and we had the pent-up demand shot back into a, a huge seller's market um, and that's been for the last two years so not to say that that's what's going to happen now but um, definitely something noteworthy that mortgage applications dropped to the lowest level since De December 2019. You know, next week and in the coming upcoming weeks, uh, we'll be sure to keep track on that track of that and to see whether mortgage applications continue to drop or whether they actually um, uh, start to bounce back. All right, so hopefully you all enjoyed some of that information. That's just a little weekly recap of what's been going on here in Queens and also nationally. Um, if you ever have any questions that you'd like us to answer on the podcast, feel free to send them in to us, queenshometeam.com slash askqht. If you have topic ideas, you can reach out to us with those too, and uh, we, we'd be happy to shoot an episode on it. We're always looking for content from the listeners because the listeners are the ones that actually have the real in-the-field in uh, in the um questions and curiosity so we'd love to uh, get more ideas from anyone who's out there listening all right thanks as always for tuning in this is george herrera with the queen's home team at keller williams realty stay safe out there take care and have a great day